Hi, this is Pastor Pete with Victory Outreach Eagle Rock in the city of Los Angeles. And we're going to continue with our discipleship series called Frontline Discipleship. And today the title is Choose the Life. And I'm going to read out of John chapter 14, uh, verse 12 through 14. And the word of God reads, But assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And here Jesus said that you and I can equal and exceed the works that he did. But in order to ask in Christ's name, you and I have to have a real tight and close fellowship with Jesus. That means that every day we need to get up and pray we need to come from our work, our workplaces or, or school or wherever. And we need to get into some heavy reading so that we can have the fellowship of Jesus. You see, the Lord predicted that those who believed on him would perform miracles like he did and even greater works. Jesus performed some truly impressive miracles during his earthly ministry. But his disciples, they were going to perform even greater ones after his resurrection. And if you're reading the book of Acts... Um, you see where, where uh, the disciples had some great evangelistic outreaches and it says that thousands upon thousands got saved. The sick people are getting healed. Demons were getting cast out. The lame could walk. The deaf could hear. And it goes on. And if you choose this life to be a follower of Christ, to really pick up your cross and follow Jesus and be a true disciple, there are five things that I want to talk about. And number one, I want to talk about, you need to believe what he believed. Talking about the transformed mind. You see, as Christians, God instructs you and I. We are able to understand all things of his word because we have the mind of Christ. You see, Christ, he thinks God's thoughts. He understands God's wisdom. See, we have this mind. And the word mind is translated understanding. You know, I remember before I came to Christ, there was a Bible in my house and I tried to read it. And I wasn't born again yet, but I couldn't understand nothing. It was so foreign to me. But when I gave my life to Christ and I came back to read, I started to understand what the Word of God meant. On one of the road trips Jesus went on, the Bible says that he took his disciples and he opened up their minds to understand Scripture. In order to develop the mind of Christ, this requires a commitment to set aside time to study. You got to set time aside to pray. And you got to meditate in order to hear the voice of God and take on the very mind of Christ. It also takes a lot of discipline because to develop the mind of Christ doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lot of time to study, to pray, and to meditate. Number two. We got to live the way Jesus lived, talking about transformed character. And we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8. And the Bible reads, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation taking on the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men. Verse 8, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself even to death on the cross. 
You see, Jesus calls you and I not to sin management, but to transformation. I'm going to say it again. Jesus doesn't call us to manage our sin, but he calls us to transformation where you and I experience one breakthrough after another and do away with the sin in our lives. You see, we are called to follow Jesus and be transformed into his very image. I thank God that I got the Holy Spirit in me because it's the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit that is helping me to be conformed into the very image of Christ. We are expected to take on the same character and thus influence the people around us the same way Jesus influenced others. You see, my father was a perfect example to me. He was a perfect father and he was a perfect husband. As believers today, we are to continue to work the, the work of God in reaching lost and hurting souls with our transformed character. Number three, we got to love the way Jesus loved. See, Jesus, he was very relational. He knew how important building a relationship with people were. So he was a very relational a disciple maker. And in John chapter 15, verse 12, the word of God reads, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Notice how he said, this is my commandment. He didn't make it a suggestion or if you can or when you have time. He said, this is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. See, Jesus, again, was very relational. And again, he knew how important it was to value building relationships. But how did Jesus express his love? Because even though today we're Christians and we're born again and we read our Bibles and we pray, there's a lot of us that have a hard time loving others. I know when I came to Christ, I had a hard time expressing my love towards others because the gang life I lived. There was rival gang members in my church that I didn't like and I still hated them. So I would pray and ask God to change me because I didn't want to be that way no more. And God gave me the breakthrough. I learned that we are powerless to obey the command to love like Jesus unless he lives within us. I'm going to say it again. We are powerless to obey the command to love like Jesus unless Jesus is living in you and I. And when, and when the love of Christ is in us, he frees us from the cruel and oppressive of self-love. He frees us from crippling guilt. He focuses our thoughts on others, not on our own problems or shortcomings. He restrains our selfish desires. So if you're struggling and learning how to love others, listen, it's time to pray. It's time to get into the word. And fourthly, we got to minister the way Jesus ministered. You see, in Matthew chapter 20, uh, verse 28, the Bible says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Do you think that you're really serving the way Jesus did? Think about it. And whatever ministry you're involved in right now, whatever you're doing in the church, do you really think that you're serving the way Jesus did? As disciples of Jesus, we can have the same impact Jesus had. Therefore, we should serve one another. In, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, Paul writes a beautiful letter. He says to the Galatian church, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, 
but through love serve one another. I'm going to read it again because somebody out there needs to hear this. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty, but do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And then the last one is leading the way Jesus led. We got to lead Jesus' way. There's no other way but Jesus' way. And we're going to be talking about transformed influence. If we're going to be people of great influence in the body of Christ today, the best example to follow is that of Jesus. You see, mimicking other models of leadership provides nothing dependable to hold on to. Influence doesn't come to us instantaneously. It grows by stages. And if, you're, if your life in any way connects with people, then you're an influencer. I'm going to ask you a question on a scale from 1 through 10. What level of influence do you have on people around you? On a scale from 1 to 10, what level of influence do you have on people around you? And I leave you with that. And I also want to encourage you to subscribe weekly to Frontline Discipleship. <music>